It's time to get educated on your Second Amendment rights. Welcome to two full hours of Gun Owners Radio. Your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dermisi, and Michael Schwartz will teach you about firearms, self-defense, and the laws that affect your rights to keep and bear arms. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with questions to learn how to become a sponsor of Gun Owners Radio and get involved. Together, we will win. Now here's your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks, welcome to This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. Hey, we want to thank the folks at Cross Armory for helping out and making our Plot Against the President movie night so successful. Even though gun laws suck, Cross Armory has created some really great products that let you keep your ARs in California compliance and other strict states as well and still have a great time at the range. Visit them at CrossArmory.com. Use code CAQW2021 for a 10% discount. And don't forget, tune into our YouTube live stream. We're all up and running. Just go to YouTube slash Gun Owners Radio. And you can sit back and relax on your couch and listen to the show. That's right. It only took a week, ladies and gentlemen. I thought somebody uh, beat us to it. He was the quickest. No, no, no. Bonta, the uh, attorney general, filed his appeal against the uh, Miller victory. Yeah. Which we all saw coming, right? Yeah. But I'm just surprised he was, it it took him a week. Yeah. Well, it took him a week because they gave him 30 days. Gotcha. The judge gave him 30 days. There's a lot of questions as to why. um, And it really all boils down to. uh, They have to have a reason? Well, no. What they wanted to know is why did the judge delay his own Mm. decision, his Mm. own order? Wasn't it the same reason that this happened last time, right? With the magazines? Because uh, if he doesn't delay it, then right. they can do something worse. Yeah. Well, if he he knew that every everybody on the planet, everybody on the planet is watching knew, this. Well, they knew that he was going to appeal. That just wasn't a surprise. There was no alternative. Right. Um. So in order to kind of fast track it and smooth on them, you know, it, like I said, having a having Freedom Week for magazines was great. It was really nice. You know, we had Freedom Week. And then they, they tried it again, mm-hmm. and we had Freedom, like, 12 hours. <laughs> and uh, But the reality is uh, it, was, uh, it was a little chaotic. Yes, it was a good result. But everybody's kind of looking at the long game, mm-hmm. I guess, is really what the deal is. So yeah. I know a lot of folks are frustrated, and they didn't really understand why he did that. Um, but in order to get this to where it needs to go so that we can claim victory as quickly as possible – um, that, no, I don't know. I, I haven't talked to the judge. <laughs> he and I don't do lunch, believe it or right. not. I'm surprised. Um, but, uh, but that's seeming, that's the, that's the most common theory. Yeah. But the main thing is we weren't surprised. They're we not no- going to fight this hard and then they're just, they're just going to say, okay, I guess they win. That's right. The lawyers so, won't let them do that. Right. Right. So, you know, and, and so people ask, and we've talked a little bit about this, but people ask, well, why is this good then? You know, if we don't get our guns, the way God intended them, you know, we don't get rid of this assault weapons ban. Why is this such a victory? Because we got our foot in the door. Because we got our foot in the door. We're, we're actually able to play the game now. Farther um, than we've ever gotten. The first time ever a federal judge has 
ruled a uh, an assault weapons ban to be unconstitutional. Well, he's not going to get any Christmas cards from the left. No. Well, or some on the right. I mean, you know. Oh, yeah, there is that, too. I hate that. Oh, I hate that. Is that a mic drop? Yeah. Well, you know, it was interesting because Jim was in our carbine class on Friday, so he was talking to us a little bit about it. That's interesting. That, that and, in and of uh, itself is interesting. <laughs> yeah, Jim Miller the for Miller versus. Oh, you know, he was in. He was in the but, car, uh, carbine class. Yeah, Big Al was the only one missing, actually. But, mm. uh, but no, Jim was talking about it for a little bit, and it was interesting, the perspective, because I hadn't thought about that. You know, he was saying one of the good things here is is – they are now chasing us as right. opposed to us chasing yeah. them, which is a good thing strategy-wise. The other thing he was mentioning, too, is uh, which I hadn't thought about, is the Ninth Circuit represents, what, nine states, I think? Yeah, something like that, yeah. And so there's other attorney generals maybe that are a little uneasy about this because if if, if California or when California loses there, that could impact um, sure. you know those other states that maybe don't want to be impacted with that kind of decision. Yeah, and I was just surprised to see how many people. I mean, it's like, geez, what do you got to do, folks? Um, there were there were even at least one organization out there that is supposedly on our side that was a little upset by the decision, um, you know. And I thought, geez, w- you know, we just had a victory in court. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the first time ever that, like you said, an assault weapons ban has been ruled unconstitutional, and people are unhappy about that. I mean, it just seems, you know, come on, guys, you know, we're we're, we're more sophisticated than that. We're more thoughtful than that. We understand that this is this is this isn't even a marathon. This is like a mega marathon. There's never going to be a time in our life when we don't have to defend for our guns. Yeah, there's never gonna. It's never, never gonna happen. We're, there's never gonna be. An, there's not an endpoint. Everybody, mm-hmm. how could you be unhappy about that? I mean, I, I could see not being as excited, maybe because you're not thinking about the long run here, but. Well, I read an opinion that it it just kind of clogs up the works, and and there's another. There was, so there was another decision, the RUP decision, R U P P, up in Northern California, which was also an assault weapons case. Uh, the RUP decision, they lost. It was it was so they're they're appealing, and that's fine. That's how the process goes. But that was a losing decision. The judge did not rule in their favor, mm-hmm. um, and there was a case made that uh, that it was that this never should have been that this victory somehow upsets their their failure. <laughs> I thought, well, that's that's not how I've ever played a game before, but okay, no. you know, I mean. <laughs> New rules. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I've been hearing this for de- literally decades, mm-hmm. everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, decades I've been hearing that there's some secret plan to get all our rights back, and then if we just trust, you know, two or three people out there that happen to know the plan. Is that the QAnon plan? Yeah. <laughs> oh. And they're all so much smarter than that's us, right. and if we just stop trying and let them, you know, come on. And give, you us, know, give me $50 to help the cause. A victory is a victory, and we just got a major one, and it, like like you said, Dave, it's a foot in the door. Um, it's it a, is. It's a, you know, it's a, def- it's a, it's a position, you know, it's a beachhead, right? It's a beachhead that we can defend from now. And don't you agree California is where everybody looks to see whether it works or it doesn't, no matter what it is. Well, especially with gun laws. Yeah. yeah, especially with gun laws. And if all of a sudden California wins, which I have a feeling they will, I think, as Joe mentioned, not necessarily in the Ninth Circuit, but all these different cities that are looking at us waiting to see what the end result is could start triggering other counties, states, and what have you, to, to do the same. So we've been saying forever that, hey, if we don't stop it in California, it's going to spread to all these other states. Exactly. But that's no longer a, a, a uh, you know, that's not an opinion anymore. That's not a, a theory. No. That's not a hypothesis. That's yeah. actually happening. It's a fact. 
yeah. and it's uh, it's it's even worse now. So with the I don't Biden you think a lot of people are watching with, with just with bated breath to see what California is going to end up doing. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. yeah. And if, if they can if they can rule this unconstitutional in the Ninth Circuit, if they can get it up to the Supreme Court, goes the flow. Yeah. So uh, well, getting this to the Supreme Court's crucial. And that'll be interesting, too, because, uh, you know, the Judge Benitez wrote a, just a great opinion on that. And he really nailed everything down. So it's not like it wasn't a like a typical goofy Ninth Circuit opinion. You know, it was a really well thought out. Uh, well thought through, I guess. Well, it is, and here's the thing: the thing to think about this. The next step is this goes to a panel of three judges in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, and if you look at what the uh, Trump administration did with with uh, appointing judges, especially mm-hmm. in the Ninth Circuit, there's a real shot. And this is it's basically a random lottery. Sure, it's not like someone picks; it's a random lottery. If we pull two out of three judges that were say Trump appointees, we're good. This we could yeah. win again. I mean, this yeah. is not. I mean, you know, this is I'm, not. Uh, so, gun owners in California are so. There's this fatalism, you know. And it's I, like, well, guys, because this why is, do you think they've been beat on the I, head? I, for, I hear you, man. So let me but, ask you this: Is there a chance if it went to Supreme Court where we want it to go, could they not want to see it? Because well, yeah, that's not just a chance. That's what we're counting on. That's not just a oh, chance. That's right. That's if they what don't we're see it, on. then it just withers away. Well, okay. So if 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 we get it, if we get two or three good judges on this panel and they rule, and then okay. it'll probably get sucked up into an en banc, and that'll delay it a little bit. But uh, I, I think it, it, it's it's pretty much bound for the Supreme Court. Well, yeah. If um yeah. if the three judge panel ruled against us, though, then it would go right from there to the Supreme Court, right? That's yeah. where we would appeal. <laughs> yeah. So, so it might, be, might be quicker might, if we lose. Well, that, I was yeah, going to say, it's kind of a win-win. You know? But here's the thing. Um, elections have consequences, folks, and there's been a lot of there talk of packing go. the Supreme Court, and we're coming up on another election year. There's, there's no down cycle. Yeah, there's no down cycle. Yeah. So, anyway. I know. I never thought it would be 24-7, seven days a week. Yeah. All right. So, let me just take a peek here. Hey, don't forget, Amy Robbins, founder of Alexo Athletica, is coming up next. We had her on a while back. Awesome interview. Stay tuned. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The Answer. All right, folks. Hey, welcome back. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The Answer. June is Hollywood month, and we kicked it off with a bang with movie night last week. Today, we're talking with CEO, Second Amendment activist, TV host, and model, Amy Robbins next. But before we do that, this segment is sponsored by John Dillon and the Dillon Law Group. And if you have legal matters that involve firearms, then you need to call your attorney, John Dillon. If you have questions, especially about red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation, or maybe you need to know that your guns are California compliant, maybe they were donated, your family left them to you, call our trusted firearms attorney, John Dillon. John Dillon specializes in California gun laws. Don't make a move without him. 760-642-7150. 760-642-7150. Or just go to his website, DylanLawGP.com. All right. Our guest, Amy Robbins, how are you? Hey, guys. I'm doing fantastic. Just absolutely love coming on this show. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Well, you are the CEO of Alexo Athletica. Tell us about Alexo Athletica. Yeah, yes, I am. Um, so our company makes, we really were the first um, full athleisure line that catered to women that gave them options to carry concealed weapons, including firearms, um, on the market. What is, did you say athleisure? 
Yeah, it's athleisure. You know, a lot of people want to say, like, it's just athletic wear. And no, we've expanded our line beyond simply having options for runners. We really started out as a line. I'm a runner. I wanted to make um, clothing for women runners because 80% of them had bad experiences on their run. And we've expanded our line from there to include everything from skirts and joggers and leggings and shorts. And beyond, so oh, it's so more athleisure wear. I got you. So athleisure is is. I think we're more athleisure guys, aren't we? I'm strictly leisure, my friend. <laughs> I should probably get a little more athlete in there. Those are the uh, younger days, but athleisure. So that's like uh, if you're you're wearing like comfortable clothes when you're doing stuff around the house. You're not necessarily CrossFit, or is that is that kind of the general idea of it's athleisure? Well, it's really based on the performance wear, um, like fabrics that we use. So it's stuff that's stretchy and comfortable. Mm. And yes, you could work out in it, but then you could also go to work and dress up a lot of our pieces. So it really, athleisure really has to do with like the fabrics that you use. Um, or if you just want people to think you with your that, you, that you work out, if you just want people to think you're an athlete, you can just wear <laughs> athletic clothes of course. and then well, leisure around it. That's the whole idea behind like that movement. So yeah. Back in my twenties, me and a buddy, we, uh, we thought about, uh, we were going to just go buy a motorcycle helmet and just walk around with motorcycle helmets. <laughs> just, just, so, just so we thought, well, you know what, let's go to a bar with a motorcycle helmet, you know, that might help, you know, talk to the girls. And then I, we were like, well, what are we going to do if they actually want to ride on the motorcycle and i thought all right well here's what we'll do we'll just go find an empty parking place you know walk them out to it you know and go oh my gosh somebody stole my motorcycle yeah, so the key is you only you only carry one helmet around <laughs> can't bring you, you. Jo- see that? To. where were you when i was <laughs> anyway okay so tell us more about your line so it's it's it, all women uh and it's all concealed carry and mostly mostly for like you said athleisure yeah, well, well, all women right now are actually launching our men's line this fall. So you guys will get to move to not only leisure, but now you can be athleisure too and mm. uh, carry your firearm with you. So, yeah, I mean, the whole idea behind Alexa was just to give women options to carry self-defense tools on their body but do it in a stylish way. Because when I got into this um, and I started the company back in 2015, there was nothing on the market really geared towards women that – we didn't have to sacrifice the clothing that we were we were currently wearing. So there was really nothing fashionable. I mean, my background is in fashion entertainment, and I didn't want to sacrifice any of that just to be able to keep myself protected. So I don't see why women don't want to wear the fishing vests and stuff, you know, just uh, the I photographer vests. I mean, I'm sure there are more power to them. There, yeah. There's some great tactical gear out there that is extremely functional but it really just didn't fit my lifestyle and so i wanted to create something that many many women uh, that were trying to get into this this space uh, that they could relate to and um you know what we seem to hit a chord with a lot of women the everyday suburban women and young women college age women that uh, just want to be more self-reliant in their life and that starts by being able to carry self-defense tools with them well and amy i just looked at your site and it looks to me like what you're trying to do is provide a service to a a young lady or a middle-aged or older lady that can wear a certain garment and carry and not look like she's wearing or not like doesn't look like she's carrying so that brings that brings that comfort level in that sophistication to where they know they don't have to worry. Nobody knows what I've got here, you know, which add, oh, yeah. adds to the value, I think. 
Well, uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, how many people are expecting if, you know, a mass shooter walks into a shopping, mm-hmm. like a, a, a grocery store, they're not getting, they're not expected to get dropped by a, a house mom, you know, wearing yoga pants. Well, and, exactly. <laughs> Yet. And how many more would think twice if more women wearing yoga pants were carrying firearms, you know? I know exactly. I was, I was, there was an article or a video I had seen where, up in Montana, there's this restaurant, and all the waitresses wear sidearms. And they've been doing it for years, because I guess in Montana. is, And so they were interviewing the, the patrons, and they say, you kidding? This is the safest restaurant in town. You're not going to get any states, <laughs> right? Because all the girls had to have training, and they all had to practice on a regular basis. And you wouldn't believe some of the firearms that they were carrying. Yeah, it's crazy. That's a fact. I, I love, and I bet it reduced the harassing oh. cat calls too for some of these waitresses. <laughs> I would imagine. <laughs> so you just you said something interesting here about a about a two, about two minutes ago. You said eighty percent of women who jog report that they've had some kind of incident. Talk a little bit about that. What do you, what do you mean by yeah. that? That actually was, um, according to the latest Runner's World poll that they did, when I started the research um, back in 2014-15, it was at about, I think, like 70%. So it jumped up in the last year to 80%. So that includes, um, what they included within that was just women that felt like their safety was threatened. So whether they were followed, they had those harassing cat calls or comments, um, all the way up to actual assault and murder so they kind of lumped all of that together and when you think about that number because 50 percent of the population of women choose to run and walk as their daily form of exercise so that's a large amount of women that have experienced some uncomfortableness while they're running and yet at the same time nobody was doing anything about it you know when you look at these big name athletic companies they're not making it their mission to to empower women to stay safe when they're exercising. They push messages of empowerment in a lot of different ways, but we really wanted to push a, a completely different message of empowerment, and that, that empowerment comes by being self-reliant. And, you know, self-reliance really comes down to having a strong mind where you're situationally aware and ready to use a self-defense tool, but also a strong body and a strong set of skills. So those are all things that really we want to encompass as a company and just promote within the community of these women that are wearing Alexo. You know, I, I hope everybody listening, I hope especially the guys listening really paid attention to that because it's something that, that has really, it's something I've talked about it on the show before. It's something I've learned from my wife and uh, the women I work with um, that women live in a completely totally different world than men do. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's no matter how often I relearn that it, it's just really striking mm-hmm. to me. I mean, there was a time probably you're not gonna be able to, Joe and Dave were about to laugh when I say this, but there was a time in my life when, I don't know, a good 15 years when I was jogging just about every single day. I was out there outside jogging for miles and miles. Dave's shooting Joe a look. Come on now. We all went through that. It was a lot. Yeah. We all went through that. We all went through that horrible phase. Um, Ours only lasted a day or two. But I mean, I went a lot of places. I lived in, uh, you know, this was in Florida and Hawaii and San Francisco and San Diego. And, uh, I can't recall a single time I felt even kind of in danger or threatened yeah. or worried or anything like that. And now you're telling me that women, 70, 80% of them are saying that, yeah, at some point, 
they were, you know, either worried or all the way up to murdered. And that is yep. insane mm-hmm. to think about. Insane. Mm-hmm. I spoke this weekend at the Turning Point YWLI, so it was the Young Women's Leadership Summit, um, about gun rights or women's rights. And I just had a line. And these girls are ranging from high school to, uh, like, late 20s. And I had a line of women, one after the other, come up to me and tell me, thank you so much for creating this line. I'm a long-distance runner. I have been followed numerous times um, on my run. I, I was I was scared to death. That's what led me to go get my license to carry. I mean, it was one after the other. And I was like, I totally relate to you because that exact same thing happened to me. And that's why I started this company. And so to hear the stories of these young women of what's happening to them on college campuses or just, just when they're out running, it's just insane. And so eye opening that we have to deal with things that men don't have to deal with. Well, I like it. I've seen a lot of your products. I haven't seen your men's line yet, but I actually recently, we just did a segment about it. I think last week or the week prior, um, just changed from a uh, inside the waistband holster to, in effect, what it is is a compression shirt with a holster. Um, I switched to that. It's an undershirt, like a compression undershirt with a holster. Oh, nice! Yeah, which, which is kind of similar to, to to what what it's kind of similar to your products. Not the same manufacturer, but similar to what your what what I, I what I'm trying to say is I really like it. This trend towards. Um, Concealed carry garments, I guess. Uh, is that what, sure. is, is that the name? Is there a genre? Is there a genre name for for what you make? Or? <laughs> well, like the compression concealed carry garments, I've, I've seen companies that are doing that. It's kind of around the same idea. I mean, we really kind of gear our stuff more towards those like that live the active lifestyle. So yeah. you know, a lot of our stuff right now is just built into the bottom. So the shorts, the leggings, the joggers, and the skirts, um, we haven't really moved into the tops and jackets as much as just created pieces that, um, you know, it's hard not to print when you're when you're wearing tight yeah. clothing. And so we needed to design tops and jackets and, and uh, layers that actually help without making every single piece be so concealed carry heavy. And, and, that's, um, and, and that's the point I wanted to get across, Amy, is that the, your products, it's not just another holster. Um, your products are are garments. They're they're clothing that incorporate yeah. the holster in, so that so that women can, especially women, can more easily uh, carry. Which is something my wife got her CCW. It's something that she's working on. Right. Um, it's extremely important. But so so let's do this, Amy. Can you hang with us? We'll bring you on the next yeah. segment. We'll finish this yeah. up. Fantastic. So folks, don't touch that dial. This is Gun Owners Radio FM ninety six one AM eleven seventy. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Well, Black Hound op- optics are amazing. They're accurate, affordable, guaranteed sporting optics that go the distance. And they're backed by customer service that goes even farther. Great guys, great products, and a great company that is making optics affordable. On top of quality optics, they pay close attention to the customer experience. And did you know their scopes come with mounts? So you don't have to worry about finding one that fits yours. So we were very excited to have them as an official partner of the show and ask for them at your local gun store or find them online at blackhoundsoptics.com. All right, we're going to bring back Amy Robbins. And Amy, give us your website one more time. Sure, it's alexoathletica.com. 
com. That is Alex with an O, athletic with an A dot com. Gotcha. Excellent. And you make a you make a line of clothing for women. You're going to un, un, unravel, unroll, <laughs> present a, Unpack. Uh, a whole new uh, line for men, it sounds like. And we're looking forward to it. But your background is in entertainment, right? It is. Yeah. So, I mean, I grew up always wanting to be in broadcast, TV hosting, some form of the entertainment industry. I started modeling, uh, gosh, when I was in high school. So, I mean, I would like Me to too. say that was Me only too. five years ago, but, you know, <laughs> I've been in industry for um, quite a long time. Wow. Okay. So talk a little bit about that. So you actually have done some some hosting and that sort of thing? Yeah. You know, it was really interesting. So um, the, the first TV hosting job. So I was really focusing more doing modeling. I was acting, um, producing, writing. I had, I had done a couple of reality shows uh, that never made it to TV, but they got picked up, uh, which was kind of cool. And I actually even had a, a talent management company at one point in time. And it was weird because, you know, so many people that face uh, the, the entertainment industry now, there's a, a very clear... Um, assault on conservative values and it, it it was kind of like that when i was in the industry um but not as much and then when i got cast to host a show when the nra was building a platform called nra tv um that was the first time in my career with with entertainment that i felt like i finally could speak up for what i believed in when it came to the second amendment when it came to other values that i believed in and that was really what kind of set me on this trajectory for being a Second Amendment advocate and then continuing to find work within the industry where I could do that and just completely be myself and be open about all the things that I believe in. So being a model and wanting to go into entertainment, um, how did how did the Second Amendment find you? How did that happen? Well, that it actually all happened. So, I mean, I grew up um, in a small town in Texas, so oh. firearms are always a part of our life and, and always a part of our family. So I like to say, I mean, I always believed in the Second Amendment, but wasn't really vocal about it until I got cast um, to host the noir show with Toya Noir on NRA TV. Mm-hmm. And that was really where I started to do a deep dive about like the foundation of the second amendment and really where its roots came from and how that applies to the constitution as a whole. And, um, it, it really changed my entire mindset about firearms too, because I didn't really know anything about guns, uh, when I started out and being on that show, I got a lot of great training. I was able to just find out how to be extremely safe and responsible with them. And that's what set me down this path of a, even thinking about a concealed carry active wear line Uh, but beyond that just being an advocate for the second amendment and everything that i do moving forward well and you know and i jokingly say you said you you grew up in in texas and i jokingly said oh that explains it um but you know the reality is sheila jackson lee is from texas beto Mm o'rourke is from texas so i mean this isn't (laughs) you know people you know this the fight's all over the place you know ignorance can be found in any of the 50 states and it's up to us to uh you know, educate and and uh, resist, frankly. So absolutely, now, because it's it's definitely becoming a big fight in Texas. I mean, thankfully, um, it looks like constitutional carry is going to get passed. It's sitting on Governor Abbott's desk. I don't know what the holdup is, uh, but that's just the next step to get that passed. And I mean, it's it, it's been a big fight here. So our it's not like our rights are just protected just because we're in Texas. We're, we right. really are in the fight for our life right now. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times people have said, oh, well, that's that's Austin. They blame it all on Austin. You're talking about Austin. You're talking about 
you know, oh, down, no. downtown Dallas. And I'm going, okay, well, newsflash, well, news Austin is in Texas. I don't know if you realize this or well, not. And not only that, how many people have left California and come yep. to Texas? Yep, and we keep saying that. I'm like, I wish there was some kind of law on the books that said if you move here from a state that was blue, you got to live here like 10 years before you, yeah. <laughs> before you can vote in our elections. So you spend most of your time in Texas still? Yeah, mm-hmm. so, we, do. we still live in Texas. And yeah. have you have you really seen an influx of uh, former Californians headed headed your way? Is that something you? Oh yeah, absolutely, and especially in the area that I'm in, they've got big major corporations that have moved in right into this area, and the influxes is just insane. The housing market's insane. Um, I don't know if y'all paid attention to Texas elections, but like the Senate races were super close. Um, I mean, it's it's not a foregone conclusion anymore that texas Mm -mm. is gonna vote red nope (laughs) nope yeah it's actually i've actually seen democrat even if they vote red i gotta look i'm i'm not i'm not i'm not a republican i'm not a republican um and i'm certainly not a huge i think the republicans are the second worst party when it comes to the second amendment in my opinion i agree so Mm -hmm. but uh but democrats are absolutely targeting texas they've lost in florida a couple of times now Mm -hmm. and have decided you know what i think we got a better chance in texas so what you're saying is absolutely factual you know although i know a lot of people that have moved from california to texas because uh, they're conservative, you know. So it was confusing to me when I when I hear from people uh, in other states who say, "Hey, we don't want your California voting record to follow you here in, in in Texas." And I'd say, you know, well, gee, you don't understand. It's it's the I first off, I think they should stay put and they should help us fight here in California. But they're moving because they're conservative. But what I'm realizing is there are a lot of uh, large companies that have hundreds or even thousands of employees who move from California to Texas. Mm-hmm. And take all their employees with them. The good and the bad. Yeah. And those employees are the ones that are voting, right? Uh, the, the, not in ways that are historically uh, uh, Texan, I guess. Is that is that kind of what you're seeing as well? You know, we are, but surprisingly, with the Senate race between Beto and Cruz, I believe, we all thought that it was so close because of all the people that moved into California. When we looked at the statistics, it was actually the the race was so close because of people that had lived in Texas for so long. So we're actually starting to see oh. this this shift. And I think that's what was a lot scarier to a lot of Texas. Now, they only had like 11% of the population actually show up to vote in that mm. Senate race. But it does show you that we, we can't just blame it on all these people that are moving in from uh, from from other states, but we've got to get very proactive. And you know, I talk about that a lot with um, with people with, within Second Amendment advocacy because you're right. Republicans have have been just as bad on the Second Amendment <laughs> as Ugh. Democrats have yeah. in a lot of Gosh, ways. You're speaking my language, Amy. I'm getting I'm getting all but excited. You know what? Hey, I'm still in shock that only 11 percent of texas yeah. voted after mm-hmm. what we've been going through i know wouldn't yeah. that be something you'd mark on your calendar no jeez you would think, but they just don't pay attention to and that was a big race beto versus cruz was a big race who won it was way too close cruz. for comfort and so oh. yeah oh yeah yeah cruz, cruz won but but not by as much as he should have won by Against and, Beto, you know. that's scary. So what do you what do you do? So when you talk about Second Amendment activism, we've got to get engaged. We've got to get involved. What 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 does that actually mean? When the rubber meets the road, what what types of things are you encouraging and doing, Amy? Well, right now, um, Gun Owners of America has been extremely involved with getting this constitutional carry passed, and so 
I call my uh, congressmen. I call my senators. I call my Texas. I mean, the, the people that are in the Texas House and let my voice be heard. And this was probably the first time that I really started like encouraging people and getting on the phone and calling all of my friends. And all of them were like, whoa, okay, okay. You know, I haven't even really been paying attention. I don't know what's going on. Like, no, you have to pay attention to what's going on because right now there is an all out assault, not just on the second amendment. I feel like on, on so many other things, but if we lose our second amendment, that is the first thing that Mm. is going to mean we're going to lose all the other stuff because that's what defends all of our other rights. That's right. And so I just encourage people if they've never gotten on the phone and called, you know, their, their congressmen and women, um, about a bill to get on the phone and first educate themselves about even what constitutional carry means, but get on the phone because the, there's so many gun owners that vote Republican, Libertarian, and Democrat. You know, they're all over the map, but if they can all join together, there's power in numbers here that sends a very strong message to the politicians. So we just did this movie. We showed this movie. We had the uh, director come out, Amanda Melius, um, and the movie's called The Plot Against the President. We're going to talk a little bit more about it in the in the show. But um, the, the, the big thing, it, it had to do with Russiagate, and there was a lot of discussion about uh, narratives, false narratives pushed by Hollywood. Um, yep. And you being in the in the, uh, you know, entertainment field, uh, you know, starting out your career there. Uh, how do we combat that? You know, how do we combat the false narratives pushed by Hollywood? We I mean, I get asked that all the time. And the only thing to me that has ever worked when I'm talking to somebody that is completely against firearms or someone that tells me that they can't believe that, you know, I'm a Christian and I support firearms because I support killing children. Mm. Um, you know, they, that's what I hear all the time. A lot of it is driven in fear and, and these misguided, um, notions about what firearms do, how unsafe they are because they've never shot them before. And so for me, it's, it's really about education and trying to get as many people out to the range that I can, uh, to put a firearm in their hand, to do it in a safe and responsible way. And I've seen a lot of people's mindset shift when they actually go out and shoot. Now, are we going to be able to do that to every single person in Hollywood? Probably not. But I mean, education is really the best way to combat a lot of this. I agree. I agree. So what? Uh, so talk about the uh, rollout for your your new line. What's the, what's the plan? And then what do you have in your in your future as far as Second Amendment related? Yeah. So the the plan right now. I mean, gosh, COVID really yeah. threw a wrench in everything with manufacturing and distribution. So we're playing catch up right now on um, the time that it's taking to get everything here. So our plan is to launch the men's line uh, in the fall. And then we also are doing a collaboration with Springfield Armory, and that's going to be on our website as well. That's going to be introduced late fall. We're super excited about that. Um, And then uh, so that's what's going on with Alexo. And for me, I host a show for U.S. Law Shield that's a super comprehensive um, show that focuses on the law and the Second Amendment. And so uh, you got to be a U.S. Law Show member to, to watch that. But that is a show that I'm hosting pretty regularly right now. That's cool. U.S. Law Shield has a great product. They, we've, we've done a lot with them. In fact, uh, the, the rep from California, this guy named Frank, uh, if you run into Frank, uh, he just moved your way to Texas to uh, – uh, to take over a section there. He works for U.S. Law Shield. Great guy. It's oh, kind of, awesome. Yeah, yeah I, I love it because, I mean, even if 
you know, the the insurance part is great, but what I love is the access to the attorneys, the three like 365 day access to the attorneys. That I mean, there's so many different laws, and it varies from state to state. I know you guys talk a lot about this too, and y'all have some great resources for it. But I mean, you are held responsible for yeah, <laughs> right. knowing That's the right. law in your state, and when you travel, if you're going to travel with your firearm, and I I just can't imagine not having somebody to talk to and get clarification on um, those rules if I if I didn't have this. Exactly. So alexoathletica.com, Alex with an O, athletic with an A.com. Thank you so much, Amy Robbins. Thank you, guys. All right, folks, that was Gun Owners Radio, but we're not done yet. Don't touch that dial. We are going to be uh, bringing back or we're bringing John Cox. So that'll be good. Yeah, gubernatorial candidate yeah, for California. That should John be a great Cox. show. So make sure you stay tuned, folks. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio right here on FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. John Cox on the line to talk about his campaign to take Gavin Newsom's spot. But first, you know, some people grow up with hops and love. Hoppies. Oh, hoppies. Every what H O P P Y? I'll be happy right. and love it. the smell. Well, You're other an e people, anyway, huh? You're missing an E on there anyway. Well, I didn't. I didn't write. That. I didn't write it either. <laughs> other people aren't so crazy about smelling solvent and ammonia, but there are some of you out there. So if you're in the second group, Seal One is for you. Seal One CLP Plus is an all-in-one solution that cleans, lubricates, and protects your guns. It also smells a little bit like toothpaste. So pick some up at Gunfighter Tactical over on Miramar Road or ask for it by name at your local shop. Oh, you can clean your guns faster and better with Seal One. Use code GOR25 for 25% off your first order on their website at SealOne.com. There you go. John, welcome to the most polished professional radio show. <laughs> <laughs> that talks about Second Amendment issues. How you doing, John? John Cox, gubernatorial ca- ca- uh, candidate for, see, for governor. See? Yeah, I know it's not that. Yeah, it's harder than it yeah, looks. It's harder than it looks. All right. John, how are you? Great to be with you guys. I appreciate the opportunity. Fantastic. So you are – so t- now, this is not your first run for governor, right? Um, so no. tell no, us. I ran in 2018 when everybody thought it was going to be two Democrats. And I surprised the whole world. Uh, I got almost 5 million votes, and I'm using that as a base this time. My people know how bad Newsom is, and they want free of him. And uh, the, this, the people of this state deserve a turnaround. Uh, housing, homelessness, water, electricity, the schools, uh, crime is, is escalating all across the state, and we've got to do something about it. Well, you know, it's funny, John, because people talk are starting to say, you know, this recall is not going to work. They're going to figure out how to keep him. And I said, forget about the recall. You know, did you sign it? Yeah, good. Let's worry about the, the, the election. You know, stop paying attention to that right now. Now we got to go to the election. And I think if people don't start thinking that way, they need to. Well, they should. And, you know, listen. This pandemic management that Newsom has done has yeah. just destroyed a lot of businesses in this state. I mean, we've got 19,000 businesses that have gone out of business and probably aren't going to come back. We've had our kids out of school for well over a year. I'm not sure they're all going to be back in the fall. And we've still got this litany of issues that, 
you know, this is a beautiful place to live, guys. But, you know, the the fact that we've got homeless all over the streets and, and the politicians are powerless to do anything about it. We've got an unbelievable cost of living. We've got the highest taxes in the country. At the same time, we have the highest poverty rate because we're squeezing the middle class into poverty. People are leaving this state. We've had the first drop in population in history for California. I believe the people of this state are finally ra- they're finally at the point where they feel like we have to make a change, and we will. So, John, California is enormous. That's not breaking news. Um, <laughs> we're a huge economy. What, like seventh or eighth yeah. biggest economy in the world? There are two hundred yeah, or so countries in the world and and california is bigger than just about all of them i mean we're, we're, it's basically running you're running your your own little little country here it's 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 enormous it's it's diverse there's you know urban suburban and rural you know it's as complicated as it gets what what's your background and what qualifies you to uh, run california I've started my own business when I was 25 years old. I've run a successful business for 40 years, and I've run that business. It's a $300 million business. I started it from nothing, and I run it by solving problems and delivering results. I manage people. I hold them accountable. That's not what's done in government. I mean, what we've had is a a history of celebrities and career politicians in California who have not been able to manage people. They've not been able to deliver results. They don't hold people accountable. And and frankly, a lot of them have been corrupt. I mean, let's face it. We've got the most corrupt governors in history, Mr. Newsom. I don't know if you saw the recent news where he's getting all kinds of contributions to his wife's charity from people who do business with the state what? and then his wife takes a two <laughs> million dollar salary out oh my gosh oh shocked i mean you know listen yeah i gotta tell you people the trouble in california is that people have become too used to this corruption yeah we've got to rise up we've got to have a rebellion we've got to do something about the unbelievable taxes and and the mismanagement of the state the housing crisis where we're uh we're in a situation now where we have a drought, which is a man-made drought, a government-caused drought. The same thing with electricity. We're being told now that we have to uh, not turn on our air conditioners because we're not going to be able to have enough electricity because we don't have enough electricity supply. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow that. Problem. I'm gonna follow that suggestion about as closely as I followed the mask suggestion. Okay, so <laughs> you're you're an executive, and I think this is an important point to make. You're not running for a legislative position, um, and there's a very yeah. big difference between a legislator and an executive. A lot of people uh, want to know what laws the president's going to pass when he gets into office. Well, guess what? That's not what he does. An executive, uh, it's a very different skill set, and I would argue that we haven't really had a true executive uh, as, a, as a governor in quite a while. So, I, I, you know, that, I think your, your skill set – is it definitely matches up for the job. You know, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, and not only that, by the way, you should know that I'm a CPA. I started out in my career as a CPA. I'm also a lawyer and an investment advisor, and I understand how business works. Listen, a you're a, wait a minute. You're a CPA, the- so you're a CEO, a CPA, an investment advisor, right. and an attorney. 
Yes. That's you, like you're you like your own. You don't need to hire anybody. I know. You're like you're like a, you're like a modern professional version of like the village people. You're like <laughs> well, <laughs> he's yeah, got it all. No, you know. You know what it gives me though? It gives me the ability to detect BS when I see it mm. because I know what all these things should encompass, and I'll know BS when somebody's giving it to me. But let me tell you, the biggest characteristic we need is a business person who will hold people accountable. That's what I do every single day in my business life. I set budgets. I tell people I want them to meet those budgets. I want them to meet their goals in terms of service to my customers and service to the people that we you know, bring in. And that is what is totally lacking in government. There's almost no accountability. There's no, almost no goal setting where people are actually held to a standard and, and that's what business people do all day long. If you look around the country, you've got states like Massachusetts, Maryland, North Dakota, Arizona, Tennessee, where people have voted for business guys who have never been elected to any right. job before. Doug Ducey in Arizona, Doug Burgum in North Dakota, Larry Hogan in Maryland, Charlie Baker in Massachusetts, Bill Lee in Tennessee. So These we, are guys who are steeped in business and right. who deliver for the voters, and they like them. Right, and so we've established. I think that that my personal opinion is that we need more executives running for uh, executive positions like governor, president, et cetera. I agree. Um, I where, agree. Now, but you, you're going to have to work with the legislature a lot. That's a big part of the job of governor, especially in California, where we're just about, we've just about turned into a, to a big D democracy. We're, we're practically not even a representative uh, you know, constitutional uh, government anymore. But anyway, uh, so where we're do you stand? Representational to republic. Well, I yeah. we we're supposed to be. So where do you stand yeah. on Second Amendment issues? I'm a lifetime member of the uh, NRA. Uh, I believe in the Second Amendment. Uh, I I look at California, and California has the most gun laws of any state in the country. Yet our murder rate is climbing, and the reason for that is because we don't punish people who use guns in the commission of crimes. What we need to do is punish criminals. Newsom has done nothing but let people out of jail, uh, issue pardons to people who commit crimes. He got into office immediately, said that he wasn't going to pursue the death penalty, even though the voters of this state voted in an initiative, voted twice in the last 10 years to not only reaffirm the death penalty, but to insist that it be sped up. Yet Newsom's first act was to basically put a, you know, uh, put a hand in front of the uh, voters and say he's not going to enforce those initiatives. So we last, need somebody who's going to. So last yeah, Friday, uh, John, last Friday, our, a, a, a case that we're a plaintiff in uh, against the, the quote-unquote yeah. assault weapons ban in, in California, he uh, had a press conference to announce that they were going to appeal, which is a highly unusual uh, I've never seen a press conference announcing someone that you know they're going to appeal. So it was clearly a political thing. Where would you? Where do you stand on that? Where did you see the press conference? Or well, no, I didn't need to see the press conference. I know we're new some stance. You know what? He didn't read that opinion. Judge Robert, uh, Judge Roger Benitez issued a great opinion. You know, the first sentence probably wasn't the most artfully worded one, where he compared it to a Swiss Army knife. But if you read that opinion, if you really went, went into the guts of that opinion, you saw that the judge pointed out that a lot of murders, way more murders happen in California with knives than with assault weapons. 
The assault weapon is a political term. There's no such thing as an assault weapon. That's a, that's a term given by politicians who want to scare people. What we need to do is punish crime and give people the means to defend themselves. All right, John, John, fantastic. We appreciate it. Uh, we will definitely be Thank talking you. to you as the race goes on. All right, folks. Hey, Thank you. stick around. The next segment with Scott Joe Dramisi. And you're not going to believe what he's going to do right here on Gun Owners Radio FM 961 AM 1170. The Answer. Welcome back to Hour 2 of Gun Owners Radio with your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with your questions and comments or to learn how to become a sponsor of the show. Time to get involved and get active. Together, we will win. Now here's Dave, Joe, and Michael on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. There's a new idea spreading across the concealed carry market. EDC belts that work independent of your pants. That's right, folks. You heard it here first on Gun Owners Radio. Gun belts that don't need pants. Are you ahead of your yeah, time? Are we there? a little ahead of ourselves here? That was 515, dear. <laughs> oh. Is that the wrong one? Yeah, but that's okay. Caring for self-defense is caring to protect yourself and your loved ones. And does your loved ones know Oops. what to do if you, <laughs> God forbid, ever need to draw the firearm in self-defense? Well, self-defense and emergencies can happen to anyone. And there's no guarantee that the justice system will be on your side. Gun owners should have coverage for the legal battle from a self-defense battle. So while you protect your family and property, U.S. Law Shield is here to defend you 24-7. 365 days a year with a comprehensive self-defense coverage at an affordable price. Bad guys don't take days off, and neither does our coverage. Hey, guess what? You can get a T-shirt. All you have to do is go to gunownersradio at uslawshield.com, and you've got a shirt. And if you're watching us on YouTube, please hit the like button and subscribe. Now, the infamous blogger of the week, Joe Germisi. What's kicking, buddy? Okay. So you don't want to try that title there? It's uh. <laughs> no, too long. So, yeah, it started out as a working title and then just stayed there. But this is blog. Where'd it go? It just says blog topic. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got a better title on mine. The, um, yeah, this is blog number 150, actually. So hey, it's like three years worth Jeez. of, uh, you're of catching up. Here. You're yeah. catching up to the weeks we've been on air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if we keep going, I'll catch up. Yes, you will. Um, so what I'm writing about uh, this time is... is um, That's really really 150? That is. It's about three years, isn't it? That's yeah, awesome, man. Yeah, about Congratulations. About one a week. Yeah, that's so, amazing. Uh, You've uh, seriously done a fantastic job. I think you're well, an enormous you. credit. I, I say it, thought? <laughs> I say it all the time. Uh, some of the best Second Amendment content on the internet, and uh, it all comes from Joe, and I really appreciate it, man. Yep. Great. Well, thank Same you. Um, so, yeah, talking about armed uh, self-defenders and those of us that carry, um, the uh, a lot of us train, and the, the title here we're working with, with is, uh, do those around you know what to do if you're involved in a critical incident? Hmm. And, uh, you know, many of us that train or many of us that carry train a lot. We try to learn a lot. We try to learn all the stuff we need to avoid that kind of thing. 
But what about the people that are with us? What about, uh, you know, if you're out in public, you're out and about with your friends, with your family, with kids, and something happens, you know, do they know what to do? And I got interested in this. Uh, I was reading, uh, actually I was looking at, um, I read uh, Masada Yub's blog on Backwoods, uh, was it Backwoods Home Companion, I think? Uh, he writes on there. and uh, But he links to a lot of different places. And one of them was a guy named Greg Elifritz, who is a, um, a retired law enforcement. And now he's a trainer and he writes and he's an author, does a lot of stuff. He's got a, uh, a company or a site called Active uh, Response Training. And he had an article on there where he was writing about this. And his uh, the thing in the article was that do our instincts sometimes endanger our children? And the story, the thing he was writing about, there was an incident where uh, a man was out with his uh, infant child. And he was he was getting in or out of the car, and he had the, the child in the car seat. And um, he was uh, approached by an armed robber, basically. So put the child in the car seat down complied fully, gave the armed robber everything he wanted. As the robber was leaving, the robber decided he was going to turn around and shoot at them. So this uh, father happened to be a concealed carrier. He pulled out his gun, he shot, he returned fire, and uh, killed the robber, which is cool. Um, so he did hit the robber, killed the robber, but the, the discussion was, or the, the question was, did the father inadvertently endanger his child by shielding the child. Cause what the father did was he stepped between the robber and the child when all this was going on, like most parents would do to, you know, get between the danger and the child. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the question was, would it have been better maybe to create some space to draw the, the attention toward him rather than the child? So that's kind of where it went. And, um, you know, the article was pretty good to talk about a lot of different things, but it's an interesting question because, um, you know, especially for people that have small children, if you're out with your children, or even, you know, if you discuss this with your spouse, if something happens, um, you know, what do we do? What's the plan? And uh, you'll see, if you watch John Correa uh, regularly, he'll talk about that from time to time because John has talked to his children. His kids are mostly grown now. But, um, you know, his thing with his kids is, uh, you know, if you see dad's gun come out, get away move away because his thinking is that, okay, if I have to pull my gun out for something, something bad is coming and I want the bad to be coming at me. I don't mm. want the bad to be coming at the family. So, you know, I started thinking about that because the reason I write these things, one of the reasons anyway, is uh, not so much to give everybody answers to everything, but to get people to think about this stuff. Uh, because if you think about it, um, you know, ahead of time, then you're not trying to figure it out when it's happening. And, uh, you know, a lot of us that train, we think about this stuff, like we talk about, um, being aware and the color codes and, you know, condition yellow, condition uh, white, that kind of stuff. Like sitting in here in the studio, for instance, you know, it's, we're probably pretty much condition white for the most part. Mm -hmm. But then again, I do think about that stuff though. Cause like, I know where the two doors are. I was going to say somebody could knock down a door and just come busting in here yeah. going after Mike. Well, and I think about that stuff. I mean, cause I'll notice this door, um, you know, if they come down, I'll glance if I see movement through the glass. I the look hallway. through the windows all the time. Well, yeah, and I figure they'll they'll get the Brendan or Chris. You know, we'll hear them go down. That'll give us a couple of seconds. But yeah. um, you know, you know he, and Chris screams really loud, so that's the only benefit. <laughs> Brendan just grunts, you know, so we wouldn't leave me out. out of this, guys. Leave me out. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the other thing too is you know thinking about that stuff, taking the time to talk to your kids and your family, yeah. taking the time to think about it yourself. Okay, what would we do? What should we do? Yeah. And uh, running scenarios is another good thing because. Um, Again, part of the, the condition yellow, the, those color codes, uh, you know, is, is just being aware. It's not being all, all hyped up and, you know, crazed, looking around and everything, mm -hmm. head on a swivel, that kind of stuff. But it's paying attention. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you're looking for things that are out of place, basically. There's a, there's a great book out. I can't remember who did this now. It's a book called Left a Bang. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Um, but they talk about that. It's when they were training um, soldiers over in Iraq. And uh, they, they're training them to, want, to look for things that are out of place mm-hmm. as a way to spot stuff that's going to happen. And, uh, you know, part of being aware out there, um, is just looking at people. And actually it's fun. I mean, you know, it's, I, I try to notice, or I try to look at people more now than I used to. I mean, I'll look, uh, you know, and I'm just out there cause people are entertaining as heck. If you watch for them beats the movies and yeah, like now, I mean, I'll look around, you know, I'll, I'll notice, you know, if I see anybody carrying or can I see somebody carrying somebody printing something like that? Cause I got 5,000 at least now to look for. So, uh, <laughs> so, you know, it's, uh, it's more fun. Did I tell you my t-shirt idea. No, we want to do San Diego County gun owners t-shirts and on the back. Am I printing? <laughs> <laughs> but then I, I like half the people I talk to are like, I wouldn't wear that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's all well, cause Bill was giving me crap about that. Cause, uh, you know, I happen to have a, I had a Walter shirt on, uh, you know, so yeah, I wonder if he's carrying, <laughs> were you printing, but I wasn't printing, but I was carrying. So, uh, but anyway, you know, thinking about this kind of stuff, talking to your family, thinking about it ahead of time. Have you ever done that, Michael? you Talk to Laura about that. Yeah, we do. We we probably talk about it more than a normal couple should. But see, that's good though. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she likes to talk about scenarios and what would you do, and you know, we have a whole plan. Uh, we have a plan for when we're in our house, when we're in our bed, when we're in our car, in our car, when we're you know. Uh, well, don't you kind of case a joint like when you go to a restaurant or you go to some place you haven't been before? Yeah, I, I, you know, I try. I don't want to sound like I'm some kind of no, 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 no. I'm not, you know, like like Jason Bourne. Yeah. But, uh, but you're not. But I but do. You pay I, attention. I, pick, I pick tables. I pick chairs. Yeah, you can I tell the too. guy at the bar can handle himself. And you know, it's, I'm actually. <laughs> I look uh, for the doors. I'll tell you a real quick story. I, we were driving uh, with with a bunch of friends. We were driving to to go somewhere, and I saw this lady walking down the street, and I and I just something was off, and I was like, you know, uh, what's going on with this lady right here? And everybody's like, I don't know. And I, was, I said, hun, my wife's driving. I said, slow down. Let's just ask her if everything's okay. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, what are you doing? We're late. What what the heck's going on? Pulled over. I said, hey, you, you okay? Everything all right? She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm okay. I'm fine. And we started to drive away. The guy in the back seat, a friend of mine, said, hey, that's my dog. This lady just stole this guy's dog. And up from down the street, for almost no reason, I was like, something is going on. So I've always, I don't know, I try not to, I've always seemed to have had this. this you should have been a cop. Of my, right. my wife always says or that. Or a detective. I've, I've always seemed to have this this spidey sense where I'm just like, what? What's going on over here? What is wrong with this person? Well, so, we kind of semi- And I get really uncomfortable. But but you know what? It's it's a knack. I've talked to my dad being a cop and everything. He, I've talked to police officers that have that. Yeah. And it's a knack. It's something that not everybody has. I mean- I, I, just, I get really uncomfortable and I start- you know, eyeballing people, yeah. and when I'm walking down the street, I don't like people walking too close to me. I don't. I definitely don't like them walking behind me. Yeah. Um, I've. I'll just stop and put my back up against the wall and let them pass by. And you weren't even in the military. Wasn't in the military. Not a cop. I'm nothing special. Military guys do just that all the time. But they more, have to sit to the wall to their back. Yeah. But you do yeah. pay attention though. I, do pay I mean, attention. I do all those things too. I, and I do uh, too. I, I always have. We should. You know, my wife, not even. I can bring an antique radio in, <laughs> yeah, I'm not set going it there. over in the corner. She'll walk by that thing. She might even put something on top of it. And then I'll say, did you notice it's new? Well, no, I'm not no. good with home deck. I mean, I've actually... No, I'm just I saying my Laura, wife said, is not observant at all. I said, Laura, I said, uh, I called her out to her one time. I said, hey, Laura, where are my car keys? Have you seen my car keys? She said, yeah, they're under the clock. 
I said, we have a clock? <laughs> Apparently, we'd had a clock uh, you know, mounted on the wall for like 10 years. I had no idea. Like, oh, that's good to you know. You and Michelle are the same <laughs> when it comes to that. All right, we got to take a quick break. Why? I don't know. Joe Dramisi's back to work again. Now he's going to do a comfort concealment belt. Is this an updated review? No, or, it's a brand new review. Brand, you have another new belt? No, no, it's not that kind of belt. It actually plays right into what Amy was talking about. Ah, well, stay tuned on Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Okay, you guys are going to get a little deja vu. There's a new (laughs) idea spreading across the concealed carry market, EDC belts that work independent of your pants. That's right, folks. You heard it here first on Gun Owners Radio. Gun belts that don't need pants. But first. Yeah, but first, we're going to have to chat about our good buddy at PRMI Mortgage, primeres.com slash alpines, where you find him. Hey, if you're in the military, you're looking for a VA loan, he can definitely take care of you. Maybe a refi or a reverse mortgage. Anything that has to do with your mortgage, you need to call the guy. That's Chris Wiley at PRMI Mortgage. For nearly 25 years, Chris has been helping San Diegans with all their mortgage needs. Give Chris a call at 619-722-1303 or just go to primeres.com slash alpine. All right, we got Joe Jamisi, and he's going to talk about this, which you got to tell you, folks, when you first look at it, it's like, yeah, right, really. Yeah, I am. well, uh, you know, Rich uh, sent this to me, or actually he said, Dave, do you want to review this belt? And I said, sure, send it to me. And uh Gave him the size. He got me actually the petite size. I wanted the men's size, but uh, but it still worked. It worked fine. So it was just a little shorter than it needed that should, to be. That should give you some confidence. But, <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it did. Yeah, if it was a, it worked great the way it was. So it would have worked even better if it was the right size. But um, anyway, I got this, and uh, I don't know if you could see. I guess you could see it here. So um, this thing showed up, and I'm looking at it, and my first thought was just, <laughs> I'm looking at this, and I'm saying, this is this will never work. And what it is or what it's intended to be, it's uh, similar to what Amy was talking about a couple of segments ago. So you have the comfort concealment belt, and this is intended um, for people, you know, that want to carry when you're wearing something that doesn't have a, uh, you know, you don't, you can't wear a belt with it. You're not wearing jeans, so you're wearing sweats or, um, or shorts or something like that right. where you can't easily put a belt in it. And this thing, um, you know, wraps around you, obviously, around your waist, so what you would do is just, you know, take the shorts down a little bit or the, the jeans or the um, sweats down a little bit. You wrap this around you, and then it works with an inside-the-waistband uh, holster of your choice. Mm-hmm. So I think I was using a um, – what was I using? A uh, Bravo Concealment, I think. I think the holster that I'm going to talk about in a couple of weeks. Uh-huh. Um, but I put that in here, and, you know, as I was looking at it, it uh, goes around. It Velcros shut. So if you have the right size, uh, you'll get more Velcro. But mine worked perfectly this way. And um, you can place the um, place the holster anywhere you want to wear it. Uh, the inside's got this kind of neoprene, um, I don't know, kind of grabby material. Same on the outside. These this lettering, this le- lettering. If you feel it, uh, it's a little bit sticky, and um, it grabs onto you, and it holds onto the clothes really nicely. And like I said, when I put this on, I'm thinking, there's no way this is going to work. And, uh, but why, I try, why do you think that? Why, why were you, why be, were you skeptical? Because it's for one, it's thin. If you feel it, it's real, um, right over to him. Right over to him. yeah, no, well, all right. Yeah, we'll, okay, we'll go off camera. Here you go. 
but it doesn't it doesn't feel like there's much there. Yeah, I and, see what you're saying. It's almost almost neoprene, or maybe it is. Yeah, it is neoprene, and, and it's got it's kind of gummy. It is. Yeah. And uh, but the the thing is, uh, you know, there's no way to it. We're always looking at these gun belts that are that are substantial here. Right. But I said, all right, let me try this out. So um, I put it on, put the holster on, put the gun where I wanted it, and I was shocked. It did not move. I mean, it stayed right there. And you know, what was interesting is um, I was actually able to slide the holster around and adjust where I wanted the holster. But once I didn't move it, it didn't move by itself at all. And um, I got, I tried it with a blue gun for a little bit, and um, I, I did a series of draws with it, and it stayed right there. It did not move. It moved a little bit, I guess, but, but not enough to make it a bad thing. Uh, so, you know, I was able to draw pretty easily with it. And um, I put it on. I went out, and I did a couple hours' worth of uh, yard work with it. I went out. I mowed the lawn. I repotted a bunch of plants. I was climbing around on the hill. And, um, you know, and it was... Uh, Pretty much, I forgot I had it on. Which is, if you go to their uh, their website, it's um, uh, comfortconcealment.com. Yeah. And um, they have a nice little video on there. And this is actually a husband and wife team that came up with this. It's a small company in Georgia. Mm. And the whole thing was, and so I was thinking about Amy when we were um, when I was looking at it, or when Amy was talking, I was thinking about this actually. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> he had it because his his wife uh, refused to carry because she did want did not want to give up her yoga pants. And she likes dressing that way, and she couldn't carry. And they tried a bunch of things, a bunch of different products, and nothing they were happy with, so they made something. And uh, it's working out for them. If you look on their website, there's a nice video uh, with the guy. It's actually pretty funny. It's the, the guy and his uh, sister, and uh, they're demonstrating this thing. And uh, it does everything they say it will do. It's, it's extremely comfortable. It holds the gun just where you want it. Uh, the gun did not move at all. I actually went down and um, – Took a walk around the uh, River Park Trail, about three and a half miles. Did not even know it was on. I mean, it, wow. was, it was just perfect. What and, were you carrying? Um, I was carrying my Glock 19. Glock 19, the, which is a, you know a substantial firearm. Yeah, it's it's not a micro. You know, it's a compact. But um, and how much money do they wait? They want for that thirty four ninety five. That's that's really reasonable. See, and that's that's exactly what I was thinking. For that, it's it's worth the gamble. But uh, but this is cool because there's you know I carry at home. And one of the things about doing that, if I'm wearing jeans, it's okay. But, you know, sometimes you want to just get rid of the jeans, throw on a pair of sweats or something, and, and then, okay, I'm not carrying now. I'm the gun staged or something. But now I could throw uh, these on with the sweats, and that's great. So, so you throw no those problem. on, put the sweats on, sweats cover that whole thing. Yeah. And then you're, you're concealed carrying. Yeah, exactly. You didn't even know it was there. Yeah, nice T-shirt, and you're, you're good to go. And that's why, you know, again, it's intended to, you know, for the same thing that Amy was talking about, for – People that, uh, you know, if you want to run with it, because they kind of demonstrate that on the video, and it, it stays right there. I didn't try running with it, but uh, <laughs> but um, I did what I do, and it, it stayed exactly. It held the gun perfectly. So it worked really well. Uh, $34.95, it's a, um, there's one-year warranty on the uh, material, workmanship, that kind of stuff. How many different sizes? Um, I don't, well, because uh, Rich got me the petite, and I think he got me a large. I know there's extra large. There's probably two XL. Okay. I wasn't there He got yet. you a petite? But uh, it so seems you, like it, yeah. So you <laughs> that but, two, uh, got two pounds of salami in a one-pound bag? Actually, you know, this is, well, because if you look at the Velcro here, you know, with me, I get about an inch and a half of Velcro on it. That's about what I got, <laughs> and it worked fine. I but mean, it stayed it was perfect. It. Yes, if it was correct and I was getting that much Velcro, it would have worked uh, even, even better. more fine. So why do you think that's going to – would that replace your 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 normal rig, do you think? No, or? I don't think so because well, – why not? Like why wouldn't you just go with that 100 all the time? Uh, 
I, I guess you could go with that. I mean, but I mean, you, you personally, could. You'd... I because I tend to carry outside the waistband. Right. So if I'm so outside the waistband is what I prefer. My the draws for me is faster. It's a little more comfortable. Um, but again, if I'm wearing something where I can't put a belt on, uh, I would absolutely wear this. This thing is. Um, it was really nice. Well, I think that's the other thing is if you wore that, you can't wear a belt if you're wearing that, right? I mean, you usually wear a belt. I do. I guess, you know, you um, could you? I probably would not wear a belt, I guess, if I was wearing this. No, nowadays, I don't need belts anymore if we're talking about <laughs> pants staying up. But, uh, <laughs> Bet you hate that. But, uh, yeah, everything shrinks. But, um, but no, I mean, I would, if I carried in this style or if I dressed that way, I mean, I, you could wear this every day. It worked fine. Interesting. So, um, yeah, like I said, as long as, you know, you're carrying inside the waistband, because I think it'll hold that. I don't know. I did not try this with an outside the way, because it's not what it's intended to do. Right. But I don't, there's not enough here, I don't think, to keep that steady. But it's not intended to do that. And you clipped your uh, your Bravo? Yeah, right to the inside. I, I could, well, I can't, I'm not allowed to show a holster, right? Can I? No, you can't do that. Yeah. If I could, I would have. Because <laughs> we're on YouTube. But, um, and YouTube are jerks. But, uh, yeah, clipped right in there, and it was great. And like I said, what was interesting is I could put it in there, and if I reached in, I could actually move the holster to get it exactly where I wanted it. But once I let go, it stayed right there. It did not move at all. So uh, it this didn't worked flop really good. over and no. stayed up. And, did not and that's amazing. Yeah. You know, Joe, you're, you're not easy on stuff, too. I mean, you're not like, you're, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're not easy on holsters and belts and that sort of thing. If something doesn't work, even kind of. You know, you're you're pretty hard on it, and you seem to really like this belt. No, I saw nothing bail, uh, other than my first impression with, oh, this isn't going to work. And then I was wrong, as I am uh, <laughs> Most a fair of the amount time. of time. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it, were, it did exactly what they say. If you want, they have a really uh, cool video on their uh, their website. So they demonstrate it. They talk about it a little bit. It does every. It does exactly what they say. So don't let looks deceive you. That's right. Your first impression isn't always the, the best. correct one. That's yeah. right. Now, do they have a money back here? I mean, a warranty? I mean, like, say you do get it and you don't like it, can um, you send it back? Yeah, if you send it back within 30 days, they'll they'll replace it or yeah. they'll take or care just, of you. Yeah, okay. Because, I mean, they're, you know, no offense. But, it's but like, try it. It's don't, like, don't just look at it and yeah. send it back. <laughs> yeah. Don't do like I did with my pillow. I never did like that thing. Ah. My wife loves it, though. But <laughs> All right. That sounds great. So, yeah, I think this stuff. Uh, for the fit money. Fit in well this week, too. Yeah, like I said, it's uh, I think it's great because it's all, you know, it's 100% made in the USA. There you it's go. a little family company. It's yep. a guy and his wife, and uh, they're out in Georgia. The The video's great. <laughs> and uh, and their product works fine. So You know, and I just love hearing about husband and wives or aunts and uncles and brothers and sisters seeing a situation saying, you know what, I think I can do better. Yeah, because, well, you know, I, I checked it out when I looked at this, uh, you know, as I was researching a little bit, so I went to the website, and, uh, you know, watching them on the video, this guy and his sister, I, yeah, I wanted, I wanted to buy it from him anyway. Just yeah, from just, just because they're they're entrepreneurs, just, and they're yeah. trying to... and I like the accent, so it was cool. That was her accent? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, if you're from Georgia. <laughs> All right, well, let's see. What do we got coming up next? All kinds of coolness. We're going to talk uh, about the, yeah, uh, the, the... The thing that you won't let me talk about. The thing the very that you, I won't let you talk about. Yeah, exactly. All right, so don't go anywhere, folks. By the way, we're talking about movie night that happened. There's a discount code, 10%. If you go to Comfort Concealment EDC Belts, and now you can just join gunownersradio.com backslash join. Stick to, stick around, plot against the president. You'll definitely want to hear the story. Right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170, The Answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1 AM 1170, the answer. 
Well, plot against the president movie night was amazing and a wildly super success. We'll talk about it in a moment. But first off, we are so proud to have the National Concealed Carry Association around as a 10-ring partner. NCCA exists to serve the Second Amendment community by providing a nationwide network of 2A advocates. Offer elite self-defense and concealed carry training from the nation's top instructors. And they provide a rock-bottom price on the best selection of gear and accessories. You can learn a whole lot more. Just go to nationalconcealedcarryassociation.com. All right, Michael. Hats off to you and your team. You did a phenomenal job. Well, um, it was, it was, yeah, a lot of people, Rich, and uh, a lot of thank yous to go around because a lot of people helped uh, in a lot of ways. Um, yep. Wendy for San Diego County Gun Owners and Gina for San Diego County yeah. Gun Owners, my wife Laura, Absolutely. and uh, Rick Cohen was a super, super big help, and Jeff Malik, um, and uh, up in Orange County, Sonny and, and uh, Trent and Brett. Um, all you guys, uh, fantastic job. But what we did is we showed the movie, The Plot Against the President. The Plot Against the President was uh, uh, a documentary about the Russiagate scandal um, and how absolutely ridiculous it was and how a, a narrative, you know, the media can get a hold of the narrative and half of Congress got a hold of a narrative, basically created a narrative, mm-hmm. and how crazy it went. Um, it was really, really eye-opening. I think everybody really, really... Um, uh, enjoyed the movie. They walked away talking. I noticed a lot of people. You know, you always tell like how well a movie does. I mean, you just get up and walk out, go get in your car and drive home. You know, then, <laughs> then it's a flop. Right. But when you've got people seriously talking about the movie, that to me is a is a positive. What now, you and I saw it twice. Yep, <laughs> Thursday and Friday. And you know what? I I learned something new every time I watched it. Is it's it's it is dense with information. It's. Yeah, you better be paying attention. Don't you know? I, I almost because I like you, I didn't do it, but the lady next to me was on her cell phone. Mm-hmm. I almost took it away because she needs to watch <laughs> pay the movie. Attention. Yeah, come on, you paid the money, sit here and pay attention. Listen. To the- so, what stood out about in the, in the movie? What What was something that stood out? Well, <laughs> the part that stood out was the fact that these people are getting away with it. Yeah, that's what sticks out. The the Comeys, the the what's his face. Um, I can't think of his name. The bald-headed guy with glasses, and then Bremer, Brenner, yeah, oh, Brenner, yeah. and Shift, and then the little guy. Uh, you know, the little guy. Yeah, Shift. Did you, was see, the, did you get an opportunity to see it? By uh-huh. the way, yeah. What did Shift you, is the one that bothered me the most. What did you think about it? Oh, we we thought it was great. We watched it, and um, you know, it was just uh, it's made. It's like you said too. I, I think that's something you can watch a couple of times. I think and get something out of it each time. But Clapper. The idea. No. Oh, that's the other right, Clapper. Yeah, it's um. You know, the idea that, like, some people insist that there is no, like, deep state and there is no conspiracy about that. And and they did a lot of damage, I think, to our institutions, to the FBI, DOJ, um, you know, those those organizations, the IRS, just and, – and turned them into political weapons. And the documentary, I think, laid it out really well and what Nunez and those guys did when they were investigating that and what they found and what they turned up. And it's um, – I think it's it's shocking that – that kind of stuff goes nowhere. You know, you have to watch a documentary to see that. And then that's not, you know, I mean, that should be a huge scandal. I mean, that, but, but did you notice the other shocker for me was finding out how they thought Michael Flynn was so dangerous. Yeah. That totally caught me off guard. And normally documentaries of this kind, you don't see these for 20, 30, 40 years down the road, but to have it come out, as quickly, granted, it's not as quick as we would have liked it to come out, but 
the fact that it does it did come out now i think was was pretty astounding as well well you know what stuck out in the movie yeah, what about for you yeah was the fact that all all the folks uh mostly elected officials who went you know these are uh, staffers and elected officials who went on the sunday shows who went on the news and said yeah he's uh you know we're we're, we're afraid because uh trump is colluding with russia mm-hmm. all of 65 of them right. under oath said there was no collusion well and that we was have no not not not, not no yeah. proof only no when evidence. They, only when they were under oath when they knew they'd go to jail or prison right. well and that was that now that you mentioned that that was one thing that really stuck out too <laughs> was, was adam schiff so schiff sitting in there and they were saying he's sitting in there listening to his testimony he knows it's not true and he comes out out the door and he goes and implies that yes we have all this evidence yeah. i can't tell you about it but yeah. definitely we have this and he knew he absolutely knew there was sure nothing did. Sure. Yeah. And but yet he came out and lied about it. And again, nothing happens to these people. Plus, I watched it twice. Yeah, ninety minutes. Yep, went by like a nanosecond. Yeah, it did. That's, and that's how you can always tell another good movie. You know, when you're watching like, like Cheers, and all of a sudden it's over. I said, like, "Oh man, I was really just getting into it." But that I thought it was. What'd you like about the discussion for with Amanda? What did you, you think of Amanda? Amanda was amazing. Yeah, I mean, Amanda was made. Michael was the ringer in the group to me when i found out he was a lawyer mike cernovich he didn't look anything like a lawyer no i mean he really really didn't i mean but i thought he was he's very deep he he's very he knows what he's talking about he's he he knows more than we know and he wasn't going to tell us everything that he knew but you knew he knew more than we knew i thought it was yeah i thought it was the discussion and who was the other guy Oh, uh, John! I can't remember his name. He was a co-producer. A co-producer. Um, I the the discussion afterwards, uh, I thought was was all it was very enlightening. Um, you learned a lot. Um, most pe- in both shows, Thursday up in Orange County, Friday in San Diego, a lot of people wanted to know. Okay, so how do we get these people prosecuted? You know, what's the next step, wow. etc. Both shows, Amanda made a Amanda Melius made a point of saying, guys, there's no happy ending. This is it. Yeah. They got away with it. Yeah. They're not. They're no one's going to jail. No one's yep. going to be held accountable. Mm-mm. This is it. Yeah. They're just. They lied. Yeah. Uh, probably had a, an impact on the election. Um, they got. They were able to get rid yeah. of a president. You know. They basically created a narrative. They advanced this narrative, even mm-hmm. though it was a total lie. Total lie. And now it's kind of out there in the in the in the universe, and people just, you know, remember parts of it as if it were true. Yeah. And they're they completely and totally one hundred percent got away with it, and there's nothing you can do about it. Nope, not a. There's thing. nothing you can do about not it. Not even if anybody came back in office and decided to reopen it, which is pretty bad. Yeah, I know. But but hats off to Amanda. I think she was telling me seventy hours, seven. I don't know how many hours are still on the floor. Yeah, they're gonna. They're gonna. Now, so what's this thing she was talking about doing a series? Was well, that- so what I think what they're going to do is that they, like you said, there's like a, a ton of footage that mm-hmm. they had to edit out, and they put a ton of information into this thing. Oh yeah, but you know they had to make some some uh, edits. So it's an hour and a half. They have a couple more hours at least. I think that they want to uh, release as a series, so it'll be like a, a DVD, a new DVD. Oh, that'd be work. It'll be like the plot against the president. You know, and, and, and I got <laughs> and I got to throw a shout out to San Diego County gun owners. And a few of the other ones that I know visited from Orange County. Yeah. <laughs> we went to the one in Orange County. And I love the Newport. Yeah. That was a beautiful theater. People were great. You could hear a pin drop through the whole movie. 
San Diego was insane. San Diego was kind of nuts. Screaming and hollering. Schiff comes up. <laughs> boo. And uh, what's her face? Uh, Clinton. Boo. And then any of our guys. Oh, Trump, did you see when that one time Trump yeah. is in the movie? Only one time. Yeah, they showed Almost got Trump. a standing ovation. <laughs> but that kind of shocked me as well because, man, our folks were really enthusiastic about that. They were there to party. Yeah, they were. They <laughs> a were political absolutely. party and not the. No. You know, and Carl DeMaio, hats off to Carl. He did a really good job emceeing it. Huge thank you to Carl DeMaio. Yeah, he Carl, did an awesome uh, job. Carl not just uh, uh, moderated. Um, he got was, into it. He got into it. But it was, you know, Carl pushed this thing from the first time he saw it. And he was talking about it on his radio show. And he gave away tickets. And he was extremely supportive. Uh, asked for absolutely nothing in return. Right. And he just thought, you know what, this is a great deal. San Diego County Gun Owners is a great organization, so he helped. Can't thank you enough, Carl. I know yeah. you're listening. You listen every Sunday. Uh, thank you so much for uh, yeah. for all the support and everybody that was there because of Carl. Um, I got a lot of people that had never heard of us before and said, hey, I'm going to start listening. Yeah. So if you're out there listening for the first time, thanks to the movie, welcome. And, you and found thanks home. to the guy. I didn't get his name, but he had a red, white, and blue bandana on. I think he had an American shirt on, and he wanted a Carl DeMaio autograph. Oh, yeah. More than you want fresh air. <laughs> and he must have been running around, and he finally got it. He, oh, good. He, you know, you thought he I got talked it. to that guy. Yeah. He said, do you think this is a good time to go get uh, Carl's autograph? I said, absolutely. I know. And he told, <laughs> I told him, I said, right you could probably right do now. it. I said, you could probably do it afterwards, or you could do it now. He was yeah. gone. Uh, a couple more. You just want to thank some folks. Cross Armory was a big mm-hmm. supporter. Cross Armory. With their AR compliance parts and their new Glock parts, you guys are awesome. Joe Wall Design is a jewelry company. Wow, beautiful. Recoil Magazine gave free uh, free copies of their magazine to everybody. John- and thank you very much. The book is really, really heavy. Yeah, John Schwartz from uh, Recoil was there. Um, great, great guy. Um, Blackhound Optics, we gave away a couple of optics thanks to them. And Rick Nair from Blackhound was there. Uh, and uh, Rick, thanks for the for the bottle of Makers. I appreciate that as as well. Hey, your um, wife got that. <laughs> she's gonna she let me have some. Uh, Front sight was super 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 supportive. And then again, my wife Laura and Gina and Rick and Jeff and Exus and Wendy, um, you guys were awesome. Joseph Vincent Photography was super super helpful. Um, but you know, some of the takeaways really had to do with number one. This the, it, it's not over in the sense that. This movie's not dead. I, you know, go get this movie on DVD. Buy it on wherever you buy movies. If you don't like Amazon, buy it somewhere else. But there are a lot of different places you can purchase this DVD and show it to people. They're because, well, $20, yeah. and you get it overnight. Yep. Because I had my wife order it on Thursday. No, Friday, and we got it Saturday. For well, 20 bucks. And the reason for the DVD, too, it's a little old-fashioned, but I, I, we were surprised that it's still on Amazon, and it it would not surprise me at all if this disappeared yeah. at some point. So, uh, again, I think the DVD is the way to go with this. That's exactly what Amanda said. She said, the re- she said I thought DVDs were, were, you know, were no longer a thing, um, but she said, this is a time capsule. You know, mm-hmm. go buy this DVD, show it to people. You'll have it. Now, I have it, but I can't open it. Why not? Because Amanda signed it. <laughs> I was ah. like, I, was like oh, I can't wait to watch this. Oh, I can't watch this. I Just gotta go, go buy reorder another. I, I got to go buy another one. I thought about it. <laughs> she signed it. It was super nice. Michael, thank you for everything. Amanda Melius. And then she wrote Wolverines at the end. And I had to think for a second. Why would she write Wolverine? Oh, how embarrassing. Yes. Because of Is her that from a Red Dawn? From Red Dawn. How exactly. would you not her know old man's that? movie. Yeah. Anyway, she was uh, a, a pleasure. She was wonderful. The movie was awesome. And But don't let this thing die. Yeah. Um, Get the movie. 
show the movie and just know, you know, even if you're not a Trump person, you don't have to be a Trump. This isn't really no, about no, Trump. No, 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 no. Um, and I, honestly, so here, one piece of criticism, I think they did themselves a disservice by associating it so much with Trump. Uh, I honestly think that they should have maybe named it something. To, I don't know, but th- I think that the people who need to see this are are uh, you know repelled from seeing it. Your government at work because of the association with Trump. Your government at work. Something, but it really yeah. is about like, hey, let, let's show you this blueprint. This well, roadmap. because now they've targeted themselves to a listenership of left and Trump people right. only. But yeah, yeah. The left will never look at it because of the title. Very well, but that's what it was about, though. I mean, well, he, yeah, but, you know, doesn't make any difference. But, you need to catch them. But it was also about a narrative. Yeah. And if you can't influence people with words, you're not going to change a culture. That's so right. what they yeah. did is they repelled people with words yeah. by saying a plot against the president and having Trump's face on it. Yeah. It should have been something different. I totally Because agree. the only people who are going to see it are not just people that are Republicans, but people that are pro-Trump. Right. They're the only ones that are truly going to actively the see anti-Trumps it. The anti-Trumps will never look it, at it. It needed to be named something to to so that people understood, hey, you know what? This is about a false narrative. This is about uh, what can happen if if uh, government officials are are uh, left on it. You un, know, un, are are under, not telling the truth, and they're yeah, in bed with yeah. with the media. You know, that's who needs to see this. Wow. Anyway. Yeah, I, I you know it's funny. I I, I thought about it myself because when I got it, because I didn't know what the cover was going to be until I got the cover. Yeah, <laughs> Trump's head all over. There he is. If you hate Trump, and uh, whether we like, like it or not, a lot a lot of people hate Trump. And by the way, pushing this movie. I found out just how 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 many oh, people really? and how much they hate Trump. Yeah, we got some feedback. Yeah, you think we did? And a little I would bit. write back, guys. This isn't about Trump. It's not about Trump. This isn't a Trump fan film. First, I, up, first Jody, time. Do you think it was a Trump fan film? No, not really. Yeah, I don't no. really think they didn't. You know, say, oh gosh, look at what we lost with this great president. It wasn't like that at all. Mm-mm. It was really more about the meat and potatoes of look here's what, what happened. Did. Here's look who did it. Did. Here's who tried to stop it. Anyway. Yeah. No, I. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. All right. Well, hey, guess what, folks. Guess what's up next? Your two favorite segments. Sam the Gunman on Stuff My Nephew and Mic Drop. You got a mic drop? I do have a mic drop. Is it going to be a smoker? I think so. Right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio. FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. Well. We live in a state where your self-defense rights are under attack. So let us be your voice to help defend and restore the Second Amendment. Help spread the word about the fight. There's two easy things you can do. One, like and subscribe to the show on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, Parlor, and Podcasts, or whatever way you like to listen to the show. We're making a push for 1,000 subscribers, and we're real close on YouTube. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to our channel. Share the show at least with as many friends as you can, and thanks for tuning in. And remember, together we will win. All right, every week we do a segment called "Stump My Nephew." If uh, it's very turned into a very popular segment, I hear about it all the time from folks. Found out a few years ago that Sam is a whiz when it comes still to, <laughs> comes to uh, gun trivia. And uh, smart young man, uh, knows a lot about guns. Uh, and uh, so what we do is we get people like you, the listener, to send in a question that has to do with uh, guns, gunsmithing, gun history, um, 
general firearms knowledge, and uh, we don't we don't let Sam know that what the question is until he's live on the air. We read it to him. That's the first time he hears it. If we use your question, you get a shirt or a hat. If we stump my nephew, then you get a uh, front sight membership, which is a lifetime of firearms training, pistol, rifle, shotgun. So without further ado, Sam, you there, buddy? Yeah, how are you guys? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing okay. All right. You ready for the question? Let's have it. And this is, again, the first time you've ever heard this question is right now, correct? Correct. All right. George in La Jolla, he wants to know what kind of bullets get sharper and catch fire after piercing armor. Oh, this is a fun one. Uh, depleted uranium. <laughs> That's exactly right. Depleted uranium bullets used by the U.S. and Russian military. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Let, let me finish answering. Um, so the the way um, the way tanks fight other tanks on the modern battlefield, um, such that there are tank battles anymore, which there really aren't, um, is that they use what are called kinetic energy penetrators. And what that is, is um, the the round consists of a long, pointy, basically a pencil, a giant pencil made of either tungsten or usually depleted uranium, if you're a country that um, enriches uranium. And it has an aluminum sabo around it, which uh, just allows it to uh, travel down the barrel correctly. Um, because the barrel is a much larger diameter. And the, the Sabo is discarded once the, the projectile leaves the barrel. The kinetic energy penetrator continues on. And depleted uranium, well, uranium in general, has some pretty interesting physical properties, including that um, if you cut it the right way, then because of its crystalline structure, it will actually self-sharpen as it travels through armor, um, and it is what's called pyrophoric, which means that it catches fire uh, when shaved into tiny pieces, uh, like a lighter flint. Pyrophoric, also my favorite thrash metal band. I don't know if you knew that or not, but uh... amazing. See, my guess to the answer to that question would have been like Hollywood bullets. <laughs> so, so they use uh, talk about where do they, where do you get depleted uranium, and, and they they're not only used in tanks, are yeah. they? Do you sell it? Um, no, we don't. Uh, but as a civilian, you can own up to 30 pounds of unenriched uranium in the United States. Fun oh, fact. That is a fun um, fact. Always check your local laws. I don't endorse anything. John, um, I mean, uh, John, Joe, you can make your own ammo. So uh, <laughs> you're you're really only going to have access to depleted uranium if you're a nuclear-capable country. What depleted uranium is, is they put um, uranium through a process called enrichment which separates out the two isotopes. Um, and what you're left with is what's called enriched uranium, which has a, a higher concentration of the uranium-235 isotope, which is good for uh, power reactors. You need about 10%. Or for nuclear weapons, you need about 90%. Um, and the, the leftover uranium is almost completely uranium-238. It's not very useful for generating power or building uh, nuclear devices. So what else are you going to do with an incredibly hard, incredibly dense, um, and extremely toxic material that gives you diseases if you touch it for too long? Well, you make weapons out of it. So um, they, they make kinetic energy penetrators for tanks and for uh, the autocannon in the uh, um, A-10. The GAU-8 uses uh, depleted uranium cord bullets. Wow. Do they use them on small arms at all, or is it just on... on uh... 
Like, do they, do snipers use them in fifty cals, or is it mostly anti-personnel? No, stuff? not that I'm aware of, because the benefits are really only mostly seen in larger caliber rounds, and um, yeah, a fifty caliber doesn't really have a problem uh, with, doing anything. Yeah, doing anything to that, that they're using it for. So that big honking gun that they use in the, in the A10 that they use depleted uranium because it, it helps get through uh, Russian uh, tanks, right? Yeah, it, it helps get through um, almost almost anything. <laughs> anything at once. All right, my friend. Awesome job. I don't know how you knew that. Um, I'm a little worried that you know all that. but uh, <laughs> I'm actually very happy you know all that. Good job, Sam. Awesome job. Well, thanks very much for having me on. That, that's a fun question. There's lots more to talk about in that in that realm. Awesome. Well, thank you, George, in La Jolla for sending yeah, that question. Yeah, that was awesome. All right. So. All right. So now we have this week's mic drop. Okay, there we go. Mic drop. The beautiful city of San Clemente in Orange County has declared themselves a Second Amendment sanctuary city, thanks in large part to Council Member Gene James, who was inspired by the city of Needles. Needles declared themselves a sanctuary city last year. I spoke to Gene, and he's a really great guy. I'm meeting with him next week, and frankly, I can't wait. He said the reason he did it was to get other elected officials to find their, and I'm going to quote him directly here, cojones. I believe that's a political uh, term. I'm not think. totally positive. Not sure there. It certainly I doesn't. Seen it on a T-shirt. You seen it on a T-shirt. Yeah. It certainly doesn't get used often enough in politics. But thank you so much, Gene. Awesome job. This is good news. It makes a statement. It expresses values. It makes the uh, papers, and it brings attention to our cause and our plight. I frequently say that it's harder to be a gun owner in California than any other subset of person: a homeowner, a taxpayer a business owner, an immigrant, an abortion doctor, a preacher. Being a gun owner is far tougher, and the consequences of not complying with the state are far worse and happen far more often. Becoming a sanctuary city or county doesn't get rid of gun laws. It doesn't invalidate gun laws. Gun laws are still enforced. People still go to jail for breaking the vague and ridiculous gun laws in California. People still have to pay exorbitant fee uh, fines, and are turned into felons for life for breaking gun laws, even in a sanctuary city. Becoming a sanctuary city simply makes a statement that the Second Amendment is important and people's ability to defend their life matters. Technically, the city of San Clemente uh, declared themselves a Second Amendment freedom city and opposes any effort to eliminate or diminish the Second Amendment. That's a direct quote. They changed at the last minute from sanctuary to freedom in the name of clarity and accuracy. Okay, so who could oppose that? Who opposes freedom? And who opposes the Second Amendment? Well, two of the city council members from San Clemente, that's who, extremist zealots Chris Duncan and Kathleen Ward both voted against freedom and against the Second Amendment, in effect breaking their oath of office to protect and preserve the Constitution of the United States. It is in no way hyperbole to say that Chris Duncan and Kathleen Ward have both taken a stance against the Second Amendment, and literally, as stated in the resolution, against freedom. When you hear pro-Second Amendment groups talk about anti-gunners being against the sanctity of the Constitution and against freedom, you can't roll your eyes anymore. Those days are over. We speak the truth. From this point forward, thanks to this vote, if you argue with the idea that gun grabbers are against the Constitution and against the idea of freedom, maybe your retort is that they simply want to make things more safe. You're now suffering from cognitive dissonance. It's not just evidence that we have to show uh, to prove you wrong. We actually have proof. 
to the San Clemente City Council members who voted against the Second Amendment and voted against freedom, Chris Duncan and Kathleen Ward, maybe it's time for a recall. You know what's crazy? Chris Duncan actually has a law degree. He even majored in political science. He ran for the assembly and lost, thank God. It's unbelievable to me what people will get away with in public office. Thank you to the pro-Constitution and pro-Freedom Council members. Thank you, Laura Ferguson, Steve Noblock, and especially Gene James. Support them. Email, email them. Make sure they stay on the San Clemente City Council as long as they want. Thank you to those three. This is why we fight at the local level. This is how we make a difference. Call out those who wish to destroy your Constitution and take away your freedom. Support those who stand in their way. San Clemente is an example of both. And that is your mic drop. Mic drop. All right, we want to thank San Diego County Gun Owners, U.S. Law Shield, Dillon Law Group, CL1, PRMI Mortgage, Black Island Optics, National Pacific Carry Association. And we want to thank Chris, Joe, and Michael, and Sam the Gunman. And right now, Mr. Bob Siegel's coming up next. Don't touch that dial. Right here on FM 961 AM 1170. The answer.